Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Happy Easter. He is risen. Yes, He is risen indeed for us to be made new. So um, I'll tell you what, who was at the Easter egg hunt last night? The glow in the dark. It was so much fun. We actually, um, I'll be honest, we had these little glow in the dark sticks and we crammed them in the eggs. And then we thought the sun was going to go down sooner, but it didn't. But it's kind of good because the glow in the dark little things didn't work as well. But I tell you what, everybody had fun and it was free. So if you didn't like it, come see us and we'll get you a refund. No, it was great. It was great. It was good. It was good. We, we love having fun. We love doing events. And honestly, if, if you're new to streams or newer, um, we really want to be more than just a friendly place, a friendly church. We want to create environments and atmospheres for you to have fun and meet people and make friends. So we are delighted that you're here. And uh, I'm a very excited to talk about how Jesus rose and gave us a new life. And so um, we are here to talk about Jesus, his, his death his burial, and his resurrection. And we know that Easter is way more than just about chocolate and bunnies and eggs. It is about Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever had, a, had this thought, but out of all the moments of history, I feel like when Jesus rose from the dead, he validated everything. It was like the greatest moment in all of history. And it hit me this year that it's so interesting that the greatest moment of history, if you think about that, maybe I'm envisioning like a beach, perfect weather, an amazing sunset, or maybe you're in the forest or the mountains. But the greatest moment in history occurred in a graveyard. Have you ever thought about that? Like when you plan your wedding, you want to be at a church or somewhere beautiful, but God planned the greatest moment in history a cemetery. Let's read the story. It's found in Matthew 28, 1 through 9. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So the greatest moment in history, in a graveyard with an earthquake. <laughs> that sounds like a disaster. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The, the guards shook with fear as they saw him. They fell into a dead faint. And the angel spoke to the women, Do not be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. <laughs> he has risen from the dead, just as he said it would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. And the women ran quickly from the tomb, and they were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. Wow. Yeah. The greatest moment in history. I got to thinking, and I feel as if, Jesus rose from the tomb, left the tomb, left the graveyard, and went about his purpose. 
And so today, I, I imagine that one of, one of three categories are what we all fit into. Either we're in the tomb and we're dealing with death and loss and hopelessness, frustration, anxiety, worry. They grip us. Maybe you're here and you're in the graveyard. You know Jesus. He's your savior. You believe that he's the son of God. But life has hurt you. And maybe church people have hurt you. And you just don't want to go out there anymore. It's hard following Jesus. You're going through the motions and you love God. But man, it just seems like something's lacking. And the third category is that you are following Jesus. So either you're in the tomb, you're in the graveyard, or you're following Jesus. I think the big, the big point is that no matter where you are, it's because of the voices that we hear. So today I wanna to talk about the four voices that we hear because what you listen to and what you trust will make an influence and a major change in your direction of your life. So I have the four voices that we hear. We have others, maybe our friends, our family, um, the culture, the news. We have the enemy's voice, right? Then we have our voice, what we think, what we tell ourselves. And then lastly, we have God's voice. We all have these voices. So, who do you listen to, and what do you trust? I, I think about the culture's voice, and I think about all that the culture tells us. Let me read Proverbs 15, 24. It says that wise people walk in the road that leads upward to life, to life, not the road that leads downward to death. So, culture is kind of hard. Because there's lots of people talking to us. So here's my headphones of culture, right? You have people telling you what to do, how to look, how to dress, who to date, who not to date. You have your boss that you're trying to make happy. You have your kids that you're trying to satisfy. You're trying to do all these things. And it's just frustrating. But you make do. Then you have the voice of the devil, and there is an enemy out there. Let me be clear, it's easy to see that there is evil that exists in this world. It doesn't take long in the news. But the Satan's voice is shiny and cool, and it's easily to get tangled up into. And Satan is a liar. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what it says in John 10. It says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but... I have come that you may have life and have it full. That's what Jesus wants. So, have you ever thought, like, why is the devil against us so much? Why does the devil fight for our attention? Why does he want his voice to be the loudest? I think you just have to ask yourself the question, if, if you want to hurt somebody the most, who do you go after? The people they love the most. Because if you can make them suffer, it makes the person who loves them suffer more. So Satan hates God, and that's why he is after our destruction. Then there's our voice. It's a little bit more subtle, right? 
Sometimes we don't even know it's there, so I have these little iPad ones, little Apple ones that we got little in our ears. Here's the problem with my voice. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I realize that the things I like, they change all the time. The things I used to value so much, I take very little value or very little pleasure in. And my likes, they change and they fluctuate, and how I feel really changes the inner voice in myself. Along with, I don't trust myself as well. <laughs> because the things that I think are totally going to work out, I don't know if you've ever experienced the word called disappointment. Uh, but you just are like, yeah, that's probably not going to work out. <laughs> and I also know myself because I'm very good at coming up with reasons why I should get what I want. You know? Like, if it was up to me, I'd spend more than I make. I'd not go to the fridge for like a healthy broccoli snack with hummus, right? I'd go to something else. So like, if I really want something, I will come up with all the reasons to validate why that is totally acceptable for me to have. Is that, am I the only one who's like that? <laughs> so my voice, I realize I really can't quite trust it. But God's voice, this is his word, right? The Bible. And I don't have a pair of headphones because I've been doing this a lot and I've talked to, a lot of pe uh, talked to a lot of people about Jesus. And I'm not sure that I've met more than five or six people that have literally heard God's voice audibly. He can speak to us like that. But often he speaks to us through his word or through church or through other people. Maybe it's something that you hear. He ministers to you in a song. Maybe you're out in nature and you just feel God's presence. He meets you there. So God's voice is true. It is the one that matters the most. And here's why I'm talking about this today. is because it says in Hosanna um, 4.6, it says that we are destroyed by lack of knowledge. If you lack knowledge, if you lack God's truth, it leads to destruction. It also says in Romans 10.7, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So what is faith? Faith is believing in something that you can't see. It's kind of like the wind, right? I can't show you the wind, but you can see the effects of it. I can't necessarily show you God, but I can show you people who have been affected by God. So that belief, that faith, it's multiplied. It comes by hearing God's word. And in Joshua 1.7, it says, hey, if you want to succeed, who wants to succeed? There's a couple hands. It says that we should meditate on God's word. It says that we should meditate on God's word. And here's, here's why this is so important. Here's why the devil wants his voice to be the loudest. is because you have a plan and a purpose. Last week we talked about Ephesians 4.10. It says that we are God's masterpiece. That is truth. That trumps how you feel. The creator, the one who matters the most, calls you a masterpiece, that you're created in his image. And he says that he has created you anew in Christ, Jesus, because so that we can do good things he's planned for us. After service, I was talking to Dave, and he said, I love this scripture. It's one of my favorites. And he says, it's, it's kind of like you have, like, children, and you're so excited about 
doing activities with children. Or maybe a, a niece or a nephew, you're excited to take them to the theme park. You want to show them the ocean. You want to play baseball or, or take them to sporting events. Like you have these hopes, these planned good things that you want to do with the people that you love. And I thought that's, that's the heart of this verse. He's created us anew in Christ and he wants to lead us. He wants you to follow him so that he can unfold these great things that he has planned for you. The other day I was at a, a little clearance shop and uh, <laughs> I came across this thing and it says useless box. And I thought, that's not what we are. <laughs> what the heck is this? And so I was looking at this and the guy next to me, it was this place called Black Friday. It was, I don't even know that I recommend going to it, but it's just such a, it's, a, it's an interesting clearance store. So they have all this weird stuff, hence the fact that I have useless box. So this one guy was like, oh my gosh, I got one too and I'm, I'm so excited about this. I've been wanting one forever. Have, has anybody heard of the useless box? Well, <laughs> it's useless. Okay, I'm going to need a help. Ryan, come, come over here, here and, and help me. You have all these switches, and this is, this is what the box does. So hit, just hit, hit a switch. So, so try it again. Okay, that's all it does. That's it. That's it. So it has these little mechanisms. So if you hit the switch, there's a little mechanism that clicks the switch back to where it was. So give Ryan a big hand. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's it, that's it. So, unfortunately, this is not bought with useless money. It goes on Amazon for $45. Who would have known? Like, who's the inventor, right? Like, I've got a great idea, I'm gonna build this box. What does it do? Nothing, it's just useless. So, I'm, I'm prepared to sell this today for $30, all right? And I, I'm selling it because this switch here doesn't work so well. But it doesn't matter because it's useless anyway. So, um, you know, just if you want to buy it, you have to wait till after second service. But um, this is not who Christ made us to be. Some decoration that we just leave on the coffee table. You are not useless. And that's why there's so many voices that want to detour you from God's voice and for what your purpose is. The devil's voice wants to lie to us. And he says stuff like, you are worthless. Nobody loves you. You can't make friends. Man, if, if people in this church knew what you did, oh, man, God won't forgive you for that. You can't believe God's word. This is so old. It's been translated all these different ways. You can't trust that. If God really loved you, then why are you sick? All these voices that we hear from Satan, because he wants to rob your purpose. It is so sad that suicide is such a leading cause of death. That's the proof that the devil's voice is loud, because he says we are of no value. But God says something totally different. His voice matters so much. The world the world is hard to, hard to deal with. I tell you what, if you fill your voice, your head with, with news, like it's easy to become fearful and anxious. And the world is quick to say, you're not skinny enough. 
you don't look the right way. You're not dressed the right way. It's hard to keep up with the world. It always changes. But God's word never changes. And even our voice. Did you know that researchers say that we have about 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day? And they've tracked our self-talk. And guess how much is negative? 80% of our thought life and our self-talk is negative. We are the worst at beating ourselves up. So how do we hear God's voice? How do we know the truth? How do we seek the knowledge for success to be able to live a life that's not useless? I think for my life, when I was starting out, I knew that like the right answer was to read the Bible. Um, sometimes I struggled, so I got a version that I could read, and I would read it, and I'd begin to develop a habit of reading my Bible. And honestly, some days I was like, wow, I really didn't get anything out of that. But other days, I would. And as I saw myself getting these difficult situations, and I'm like, Lord, I need your help. And I'm praying to God, and I saw him work through that situation. I began to trust him. I began to say, you know what? God, you're real, and you're moving in my life. I think one of the best ways that we hear God's voice is found in Matthew 6, 6. It says, when you pray, when you read God's word, when you spend time with God, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here's the modern day translation. <laughs> when you go to spend time with God, Shut your phone off. <laughs> Turn it off. Don't try to read your Bible and have your phone there because it will, you'll get a text. You'll get a notification that Bed Bath & Beyond is having a 20% off clearance. I, it will distract you. <laughs> right? So go and find a place that's silent. And I know for moms and dads who have little tiny ones, that's really hard. And um, for you singles, I mean, it's, I remember my single life, and I, I love that you're here, and like, you, you, can, you can have those, those quiet times. But the point is, is Jesus did all that he did for you to live free and forgiven so that you could have a relationship with God, to have that intimacy. So sometimes we as Christians kind of go through the motions we go through the motions and we substitute um, like routine for intimacy. We go here, we do this, we listen to this music, but like when's the last time that you just sat in silence? I heard a pastor talking um, on a podcast and he said something that just really irritated me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh. And it, the reason it irritated me so much is because I really enjoy doing what he was talking about, and I knew it was true. <laughs> and God told this pastor, he says, tell my people that I detest multitasking. Ugh. Who likes to multitask? Just be honest. <laughs> um, I, I had my bubble burst a little bit when I watched this documentary, and they they talked about how effective multitasking is, and it's not good. <laughs> But, like, I am king of multitasking. 
Like I have the TV on, I'm on my computer checking emails, I'm texting this person, I'm talking to my kid about homework, I'm driving my car. No, I'm not driving my car. Uh, but like I have like six things going at the same time. And God says, don't do that. And you don't see Jesus doing multitasking, right? Didn't he escape from the crowds multiple times just to tune out, to be in silence? How come silence is so uncomfortable? So uncomfortable just to settle down. But is there a ploy that's going on? If, if the devil, if your enemy, if your adversary knows that silence is going to bring you to a place to where you can hear the still, small voice of God, I would want to bombard you with activity, bombard you with noise, noise, entertainment, stuff, notifications, messages, noise. But to hear God's voice to go from the graveyard to your purpose, you need to hear God's voice. And you need to put yourself in places to where he can speak to you. And that's why we have Bible studies going on and classes and get-togethers and retreats. Like, that's why it's so important to go on, like, a retreat. I know for me, when I step out of my normal routine... Like, it's hard for me to focus when I'm at home because I'm like, oh, I got to do this, and oh, shoot, I got to repaint that little patch, and I'm just, like, distracted. But, like, ladies, we are praying for you as you go on this retreat. And if you get a nudge to go, like, God has something for you. He wants to spend time with you. So don't neglect that. But we have to, we have to tune out our other voices to hear and follow God. Second Corinthians says this. It says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So no matter what you've done in the past, there's no sin that God says is too great. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So he's done this, why? So that we are Christ's ambassadors. I gotta be honest. There was a time when I just was like, I'm done with church. <laughs> like, I like it. I believe in it. I know it's valuable, but like, I just kind of want to sit in the graveyard. I'll watch from a distance, but it just gets too messy. Like, following Jesus is sometimes just a little too messy. Let me just distract myself and work. Let me just kind of like, I love Jesus, but like, ugh, following after him is hard. But Christ says, hey, you're my ambassadors. You're my ambassadors. God is making his appeal through who? Through us. We have, a, we have a mission. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So when Mary left the grave, she meets Jesus. And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. 
Go and tell my brothers to leave for the graveside and they will see me here. No, he didn't say graveside. He didn't have a super message in the tombs, in the cemetery. He rose from the grave, left the tomb, left the graveyard to be on mission. Think about that. We have to leave our dead things. We have to allow God to breathe his spirit in us to give us new life. And then we have to have the courage of walking away from the old, laying down our offenses, our burdens, our hardships, and saying, because you did, Jesus, what you did, I will follow you. I will leave the graveyard and I will follow you. Because I gotta be, <laughs> I gotta be honest, God's kind of serious about this. <laughs> He's kind of serious about this. He gave his very best so that we could be forgiven and that we could have eternal life. And that's involved with sharing God's love to others. Look what he said in Matthew. He says, chapter 7, verse 20, he says, Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of the Father who's in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus did? And hey, we get it wrong, but God's grace is for us. But I desperately want to do God's will. I know the best life that I can have is a life striving to do God's will, following Jesus. He says, many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons and do in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. These people were conjuring up all these supernatural things to boost up their ego. And their, they were leveraging God to better themselves. And I want to pour out myself for God. I want to, I know the miracle of being new in Christ where my sins are forgiven, where I'm made new. And I don't want anybody to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. You have to meet with God in silence. You have to rise from the tomb, get out of the graveyard and follow him. The last verse I wanna share is in Matthew. Um, actually, it's in Romans. It's uh, Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, I'm not promoting any religion or any church. I'm just promoting Jesus. And he says, if you call on his name, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. To close, we'll take communion here in just a second. But I want to roll this video. It's different clips from The Chosen. And this is Jesus' words. Go ahead and roll that.